Riders. We're so glad to have you join us as we continue delving into poetry this month. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my best friend Kayla and my sister Jordan. Hello. Hi. Today we're talking about Neil Hilborn's work entitled OCD. I hope everyone watched it before they came over here because it'll really help um, kind of understand what our discussion is about. Also, since it's a poem, it's much shorter of an ask than our usual book or movie discussions. If you haven't listened to it yet, of course, we'll have a link to it in the description for you. Yes. So you can go do that now and then come back. We'll be waiting. Yeah. Patiently or impatiently. <laughs> go on. <laughs> so anyway, OCD. Yes. Let's dive into some of the snippets from that poem and discuss them. So one of the first points that stood out to me was his quiet moments in his head. The stanza is, when you have obsessive compulsive disorder, you don't really get quiet moments. Even in bed, I'm thinking, did I lock the doors? Yes. Did I wash my hands? Yes. Did I lock the doors? Yes. Did I wash my hands? Yes. The repetition is a powerful tool in this poem and uh, it mirrors the repetitious nature of OCD. Yeah, I think that repetition he did did a really good job of explaining to you right away what you were getting into and what was going on inside of him. Repetition in general is a powerful tool in writing. It like hounds in important information to people and like gets a point across. If you're starting several sentences in a row with the same word or like phrase or whatever, um, it adds this just like heaviness to it that we as humans interpret. And it makes even better sense to be used in this case because of the constant stream of repetitive thoughts that people with OCD struggle with, just the constant rethinking of the same thing over and over and obsessing over it and not being able to let it go and just thinking and thinking and thinking. It never mm -hmm. stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think his delivery really puts you in that moment and that frame of mind so you really get a grasp on what that is like if you are not someone with that problem. Mm -hmm. I really like the portion where, you know, he thinks the relationship's going well and then it starts to take a turn. And the way he describes it is some mornings I'd start kissing her goodbye, but she'd just leave because I was making her late for work. When I stepped in front of a crack in the sidewalk, she just kept walking. When she said she loved me, her mouth was a straight line. She told me that I was taking too much of her time. That hit me really hard. I was mm. like, no. Especially because it showed how, like, at first she thought all his little quirks and things were so cute and she liked them. And, you know, you could tell how good he felt about that, finding someone who was comfortable with all the things about him that maybe are stressful to others. And finding that time where it's not cute anymore and she becomes like everyone else and doesn't like it and is frustrated is, oh, it just hit me really hard and it made me so sad. It really points out what it's like to be in a relationship with someone who has a mental disorder and is struggling with one that like a diagnosed one that takes up time in their day and also 
the way that it's worded does well to show what it's like being the person with a mental disorder and the person who doesn't have one and like how it's affecting both of them because it's hard. It's hard for both people because even as much as you love the other person, if you don't have that mental disorder, you can't understand it very well. And sometimes it makes it hard to continue to be empathetic towards it and not get frustrated or just wish that it could go away, I guess. Like it's it's selfish thinking, but it's hard for people who don't struggle with any sort of mental disorder to understand that you can't just stop. Yeah, I think that all relationships have their like uh, ups and downs and their struggles because all people have their flaws. But with mental disorders, it's a continuous work to upkeep a like semblance of normal. Mm-hmm. And this poem shows that. And it also shows, like, whether you're in an ebb or flow of handling your disorder, it's hard for the partner, too, for all the reasons you said. And it can be, like, a selfish hardship, but also a necessary one sometimes. Selfish thinking. And in the end, what happened with his relationship is the sad truth of what happens with so many of that person. Like, the relationship doesn't end up working out for one reason or another. And it's really, really hard. And it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to find a partner that has empathy and like understanding of the way your brain works and not just someone who finds it cute for a short period of time because it's not cute to live with day to day. No. And I mean, in any relationship, regardless of like mental disorders, Mm -hmm. a lot of the quirks that you think are cute at first, you're eventually going to find annoying. It's going to be the thing that you get irritated about. But yeah, because it's a thing you see day to day, you know. You find it, it's unique. That's why it's a quirk. And with it being unique, oftentimes that means it can be annoying. Yeah, and it stands out. Yeah, it's a, a diversion from normalcy in mm-hmm. some way, regardless of what the quirk is. Yeah. Oh, and I thought that the way he in the poem went back to the same things that he explained the first time and went back to them with a different reaction that she was having was a really good way to show her gradual disconnecting from the Mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. And just showing that, you know, him slowly noticing that she wasn't doing the same things and responding the same way to him. You can feel the heartbreak as it's happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very visceral. Yeah, it made me really sad. (laughs) Yeah, one excerpt that got to me was the lines, Usually when I obsess over things, I see germs sneaking into my skin. I see myself crushed by an endless succession of cars. And she was the first beautiful thing I ever got stuck on. And that really speaks to the, like eventual doom of the relationship that like obsession is unhealthy even when it's beautiful even when like it's just the way your brain processes yeah Yeah. that line really stuck with me from the poem yeah the ending was super sad it just kind of like seeing the open wound in his heart now just think about who else is kissing her i can't breathe because he only kisses her once he doesn't care if it's perfect i want her back so bad i leave the door unlocked i leave the lights on yeah like going against his compulsions mm-hmm. fighting them because he just wants her back yeah Oof. yeah 
I'm having chills right now just thinking about it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a poem that strikes such raw emotion and speaks to um, living with a disorder that a lot of people don't. And I think this is a good example poem of how it can really shine a light on someone else's perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'd never thought about the in and out day to day of OCD and how it would affect someone, especially in a relationship. I didn't think about it, but this really opened it up and made it very real and made me understand a lot about how it works and how hard it would be. As someone who originally went to school, well, who did go to school for psychology with originally the intent of counseling, obviously I did some schooling with mental disorders and stuff like that. And this just felt like a perfect description of what it's like to go through it and how it affects the person in their life. And it's just a really great window into how the mind works for people who have no idea because even even those with different types of mental disorders you can't always empathize with people who have different ones um i think when they come from similar veins it's a little bit easier like when you have really bad anxiety you can kind of understand because some of those anxiety thoughts can kind of trickle into the realm of obsessive, but you don't have that compulsive aspect to it that starts wrecking havoc on your life in different ways. Mm -hmm. But you can understand their mind a little bit better and you can empathize a little bit easier with them. Yeah, because yeah, if irrational thinking is part of your day-to-day -day experience, like it's part of mine, so it's definitely spoke to me and I could I could understand. Yeah, I could I couldn't understand it to the degree that he had it, but I could also because sometimes I have those spiraling anxiety mm -hmm. times as well. But with people who don't have that, they need they need something more visually stimulating, emotionally evocative to get them to really see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's where poetry like this is such a good way to do that. Because it does make it so real and make it so you really understand and you, it kind of, especially when the person who's delivering it, it is their poetry. Mm -hmm. It really, they tend to be able to deliver with such passion. It, yeah, you can't mm -hmm. help but feel what they're feeling. I think poetry is a really good way to work through things that you're going through in your life, whether it's like mental health or just day to day feelings. And I think that you know, you can use poetry to make sense of a lot of things that are going on in your life. And I think it's a good way to share it with others. So do more of it, people. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap this episode up today, it is with heavy hearts that we make an announcement of some changes happening to our podcast. Kayla, <laughs> would you Goodness. like to get us started one last time? <laughs> I'm going to be leaving the podcast indefinitely. I might be back. You make it sound like I'm dying, though. <laughs> oh, she is. <laughs> I've had some scheduling difficulties lately and some life conflicts, and so I don't think it'll work out for me to join in on some of the future recordings. 
Hopefully I'll be a guest on some, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll drag her back kicking and screaming one of these days. Yeah, we'll kidnap her straight from her house. <laughs> Until then, um, we'll see you guys in the next episode.